Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eshin Aiken's Nerd News. Ladies and gentlemen, Eshin Aiken's is back with Nerd News. Nerd News. This is episode eight for the Eshin Aiken Show, Jason. Uh, uh-huh. uh, we're still just taking to be back recording. Uh, we did miss a recording last week, but not a big deal. We're here today. Uh, and what we're going to outline today for our for our friends, Jason, obviously it's nerd news. We're going to talk a little bit of all the nerd news, I believe. But we're going to center this around Kenobi. Okay. That's that. And, and you know, I'm, let me add to that. For all you fans out there, and we're, we'll get into this as we go, for everybody that has a negative opinion about Kenobi or about anything Star Wars or anything Marvel, let me tell you, you folks are spoiled. Yeah. Man, we are lived, to be a Star Wars or a Marvel fan, we are living in the golden age. I believe so, Jason. Uh, I mean, you got to think up until 2001 when The Phantom Menace came out. Yes, 2001. All we had was the three movies, and we didn't know that yeah. we'd ever get anything else. No, we waited, uh, you know, that whole part of our lives to maybe. And back then, you didn't have all the leaks and rumors. There was nothing to go on. I mean, and now you've had, you've got nine total movies in the main trilogy. You've also got Hans, you got Solo. You've got Rogue One. Yes. Man, you've had multiple uh, cartoons that are kind of tied to the canon of, of Star Wars. They've done a good job with doing that. Man, and now you've got you've got uh, The Mandalorian, which is amazing. You've got The Book yes. of Boba Fett. Yes. Now you've got Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. A, a gap in Star Wars time that we really don't know a whole lot about what these characters were doing. Yeah, yeah. You've got Andor coming up. Oh yeah, I cannot wait for that one. That's going to be good. Yeah, I just saw, I just saw the trailer before we started recording, and it just looks amazing. Yeah, it does. You know, funny story, Jason. Like I was telling you pre-production, we were sitting there watching Obi Wan last night for the first time, and my wife is not a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. She she just don't like she don't get into it. Mm-hmm. But she has religiously watched the Book of Boba Fett with me, The Mandalorian, and Obi Wan. And last night we're sitting there watching it. She looks at him. She says, "I'm kind of into this." Yeah. And I said, "I said, but you don't want to see the rest of the movies." I said, "You need to see the rest of the movies so you understand what's going on." Dude, my wife is the same way. She went to um, the um, to episode seven, eight, and nine with me because she likes to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. But basically, if I explain anything, she's like, "Ah, it's fine. I fine. I understand. I get it." You know, she's not really interested. But same as you, when I started watching the Mandalorian, she got into it. Book of Boba Fett, she got into it even more. Second season of 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 a of, of Mandalorian, she really got into it. Yeah. And then you've got um, Obi-Wan, and I don't know if there's something in the air. We watched them last night, me and her, and she enjoyed them. She oh, really I, watched them. I watched them again today. I picked my older kids up. They hadn't seen it yet, so we sat down and watched it again today. So it's all fresh on my mind. So uh, we've been we waited a long time for a story like this. There's still other Star Wars stories, Jason, that I want to see. I want to see a, a Yoda backstory, maybe. Yes. Um, what was Yoda doing on Dagobah all this time? You know, the ten, twelve year gap between when he when he died training Luke to when he put himself in isolation. And a Vader series, which I'm hearing rumors that that is a very big possibility that Hayden Christensen has already signed on. For a Vader series. That's what I've been... I want to know, and I want to see what it was like for Vader hunting these Jedi. I mean, and some of them were hardcore, I mean, very dangerous opponents. 
You know, some of them nearly killed him. Yeah. And, and let me correct something. I said, I apologize. I said second season of Mandalorian. I was thinking about the Mandalorian's appearance on the Book of Boba Fett. Yes. Um, and she, when he showed up with Grogu, my wife went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, I, I think that character really made the Mandalorian series successful. I do too. Because people love Yoda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, he's one of the favorites of the Star Wars uh, franchise. And you're getting to see another creature of his kind to kind of see. And he's already, how old? A hundred years old? That's something, because they age so slowly. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, and he added a whole other dimension because he kind of, even though the Mandalorian is a human, he humanized him even more. So, you know, he's not just this ruthless bounty hunter. Right. He has a sense of responsibility and code to this child. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that's... And, and you're right, Yoda. Yoda is like um, he's he's like the uh, the 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 pyramid that's holding up the teeter totter in the Star Wars universe. He is the one constant, mm-hmm. and Yoda is always the voice of wisdom, the voice of reason, and kind of is is the guiding force on that side. I, you know, I guess you the only way you can juxtapose him and say what's the opposite of Yoda, Palpatine is the guiding force of the dark side That's throughout it. that entire series. That's it. Up until the last movie. Up until the last movie, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So just a little backstory on Jason. I've done a little research because I have never dove into anything, you know, that, hey, when was this character born, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've done a little research. Obi-Wan Kenobi was born on the planet Stujon. Stujon. Never heard it in any, you know, uh, talk in any Star Wars movie. But he was born in 57 BBY, and that's, you know, before the Battle of Yavin. Uh, obviously, everybody knows he was an apprentice of Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, he was taken to the planet of Coruscant, where the Jedi Temple was uh, at. Uh, at a young age, he was raised there. Um, and he, he passed at the age of 57. We were sitting here doing some math earlier on what age he was when, when he went into isolation and all, we'll let it all iron itself out. Yeah, there's, that's something with all these films. Timelines can get fuzzed. Absolutely. Because it's, not, it's not thought about maybe in depth. Kind of like Kevin Feige does a lot of thought into how Marvel's doing things. Yes, yes. And, you know, the directors and the people behind Star Wars may not be paying that. Well, and plus... This all got started getting laid out back in 1977. Yeah. You know, and like you said, we didn't have anything again till 2001. Back in 2001, they ha- there was no Disney streaming. Right. They had no idea. No, granted, I think they've done a good job, you know, as far as continuity with Star Wars for yeah. the most part. They've done a good job, too, with blending the Star Wars legends mm-hmm. and saying, okay, this is canon, this is not canon. And then going back and looking at it and saying, well, we'll let this kind of fuzz in. Yeah, absolutely. Or we'll change the character a little bit and insert them here. Right, right. So, you know, obviously Obi-Wan Kenobi, we learned in 1977, which was before my time. It, I was three years old. He called himself Ben Kenobi on Tatooine when we first met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a little backstory. So we have Jason uh, Friday of this week. Uh, obviously, it's a couple days ago from recording today. The first two episodes of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series have dropped. Yes. What was your initial thoughts seeing both episodes in the same night? My initial thought, um, halfway through the first episode, I still wasn't sure. I, I had um, 
hopes and kind of anticipation, I felt like, and, and I believe you would agree with me, um, that this series needed to have an edge. Um, it needed to be uh, somewhat dark. You needed to feel or feel the stress and uh, the fact that Obi-Wan is a hunted man. And he's not hunted by just anybody. He's hunted by an organization that's literally taking over the galaxy. The Empire. The Empire. And it, and, and in his world, you know, he's got, he's got an opponent who is probably the most dangerous, ruthless person in the galaxy. One of the most powerful Jedi that's there, and, and the flips to the dark side. So, and plus, at the same time, he has a responsibility to watch out over young Luke. So it's like, not only is he trying to stay alive, but it's like, if something happens to me, what about him? Man, so it, it has to have some intensity. It has to have almost a feeling of hopelessness, that there's no way to beat this, you know, we're done. And halfway through, I wasn't sure, but as we got toward the end of episode one, I was like, okay, yeah, they're going there, they're going there. And then by the time we got to episode two, I was like, I'm in. Yeah. This is good. I was confused in the opening scene myself uh, at the Jedi Temple with the younglings. I didn't know kind of what their reference was there. And I've not read into it, but I think it's kind of referencing maybe to the Inquisitors, them kids. Well, I I have gone back myself and, and looked. And the biggest reference I see is if you'll notice... Once the Jedi that's protecting the younglings is finally killed, the the camera kind of focuses in on one um, little girl. She's she's a black girl, and they say, "What do we do now?" She says, "We run." That's Reva, the third sister. The third sister, and I think that explains part of her obsession with Kenobi because I believe, from that experience as a young child, she feels like the Jedi will let you down. The Jedi, and she's dealing. She's dealing with her own issues. Absolutely. Uh, something that you know, like you, like you mentioned, uh, dealing with uh, with Obi Wan, realizing that you know, in episode the second episode of the show, that Vader is still alive, that Anakin's still alive. Yes, you can see the emotion on his face. You know, that was that was that was strong. Yeah, he under, strong. he understands that that Anakin was a very strong Jedi, probably one of the most powerful of all. Mm-hmm. And he's he looking at him as a bad guy now, but you got to look at the other aspect of it, and that's yeah. where his mental ter- turmoil is right now. This is a guy. Yes. When Anakin was was brought in, Obi Wan was with him every step of the way. He, he considered was, him a brother. He was, and he was like a, he was like a, a. Not only was he his Padawan, which is in that culture is a is, I mean, as big a responsibility as you're gonna have. Absolutely. But he was like a little brother. Yeah. And uh, so he's he's gone this whole time thinking. Not only did I fail him and he turned to the dark side, but I killed him. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of guilt to carry. And like, like I said, you can see the, the, I don't know if it was a shock or fear in his eyes when Rev tells him Anakin Skywalker is not dead. He yeah. lives. Yeah, yeah. You could see it. And I, I, loved, I loved how, how, how uh, Obi-Wan just, I don't know if it was fear or what. I, I think it was just... You know, you've, you've had, not very often, but those times in your life where the rug of what you always thought is completely pulled out from under you. Yeah. And you're on a different planet. You're mm-hmm. in a different, it's like reality just changed. What the hell am I going to do? Yeah. 
now I did it. I did. I was hopeful and I had saw some stuff before it, you know, different, different clips that came out. I wanted the Inquisitors to look more fierce. That was my biggest disappointment, to be honest with you. Um, Ruford Friendly, who plays the Grand Inquisitor. Mm -hmm. Now, he was good. His acting was good. But his, his costume and makeup just didn't do it for me. It was. It just looked too made up, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't... I expected more ruthlessness. And, you know, but now I have seen it explained on, on, on another... Um, uh, another station uh, by, um, by by some folks that we got to also remember, at this time, this is not the empire of the Death Star. They can't go around doing just whatever they want. There is still a Senate. They're still trying to establish dominance. Yes. So he is trying to do it in a way to where it's like, listen, we don't want to turn everybody against us to the point of where there is a rebellion. Mm -hmm. So let's do our job, use fear, but we can push it too far. Slowly get our grasp on Slowly get our grasp and also try to convince these people, hey, we're the good guys. Come to our side. Right. And that's why he keeps falling out with Reva because she's like, no, I'm just going to torture them. Yeah. I'm just going to force them, mm. which breeds resentment. Absolutely. It makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, and that could, you know, lead to what starts the downfall in the rebellion against the empire. I think so. I think, you know, it's like anything else. It's like, well, you know, if you want some real world uh, comparisons, look at Ukraine. Yeah. Russia thought they'd come in there. They're the empire in that part of the world. They thought we're going to come in and you're going to be like, okay, we're, we're with you, big boss. We're, we're afraid. No. No. And the further, the more Russia does, the more resentment and the harder they fight. That's it. And we've seen it time and time again throughout history, man. Yeah. You know, you may can come in as an empire. Uh, and we've even experienced it as our country ourselves. Hey, we're untouchable, we're unstoppable. But when the people turn against you, nothing you can do. There's nothing. There, it's you're either going to have to annihilate them, or they're going to beat you back. That's it. Uh, another thing that I enjoyed seeing in this movie, Jay, the show, Jason, uh, I expected to see Luke because that's kind of Ben's job, you know, yes. on Tatooine to watch it, watch over him. Right. Right. Uh, I did not expect to see Princess Leia. I had absolutely no clue that she was in, even going to be in this series. You know, we got the one clip of Luke up there that we've seen already, mm -hmm. you know, on top of the, the, the house, and he's playing like he's driving a speeder. Okay, yeah, that looks like a little boy that age playing. I remember playing with, you know, playing Star Wars when I was his age, and, and you know, crazy stuff in your imagination. You know, it's a great scene how, how he's living that and, and Obi-Wan's watching over him. But I'm going to tell you, man, the little girl playing Leia, she stole the show. Absolutely. I loved it. I loved it, too. It was, was perfect. It was. It was. Uh, very very slick way that they, they used the Inquisitors to draw, uh, with her kidnapping, to draw yes. Obi-Wan out. And did you pick up on this? Um, the guy who was the leader of the kidnappers looked very familiar to me. And I was trying to think, where have I seen him before? Where have I seen him before? He looks older than I remember. And then it clicked. That was Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No kidding. Yes. That was Flea. I haven't, I've never seen him with gray hair. But I was like, man, what a cameo. Wow. Uh, you know, so, well, you know, I was looking over the cast members of, of the series, and it's saying that Ice Cube is in this movie. I've seen that, too. Ice Cube is supposed to be in this movie. I'm, just, I'm like, wow, okay. Well, and it's like episode seven, you know, the first of the last trilogy. I didn't know it till afterward. But Daniel Craig of James Bond fame, 
He had a cameo, but he was a stormtrooper. George Lucas had a cameo in it, too. Wow. When they were in the casino? Yes. Uh, he was in the casino. He was one of the actors played in the casino. I didn't know that. It, it's nice how they sneak things like that, that in. Yes, you know? yes. Uh, Great fan service. Kind of what really, you know, at the end of the first season, the first episode, after he's after he's done talk to, oh, uh, Organa, uh, he goes out to the desert and digs up the lightsaber. That was, you know what, man, I, you knew what he was about to do, but it was still powerful. Right, and then you see Anakin's lightsaber in the box as well. That was the thing, man. You saw the two lightsabers, and that was great symbolism. I want to look back in, at, at A New Hope yeah. and see if that's the same box that he pulls Luke's lightsaber out of when he gives it to Luke. Oh, wow. Anakin's lightsaber to give to Luke. I bet it is. I, I just like to see how close attention they paid yeah. to it. Yeah. Because ain't a, oh, uh, what's his name? Not Kevin Feige. Uh, the other one that directed The Mandalorian. Ain't he a part of the direction of that? Uh, that would be... Um Played Happy Hogan. John Favreau. Favreau, yeah. Is Favreau. he not? Is he not a part of the production of this show? He is. There are two guys right now who are really kind of surging at Disney. John Favreau is one of them. And when I say Disney, I'm talking about the Star Wars side too. Sure. Um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. In fact, they had they had um, he wor they worked hand in hand on the Mandalorian, and there was even talk of Star Wars going and becoming like uh, you know we we refer to the MCU sometimes as the Five Verse or Kevin Feige. And they call in uh, Star Wars the Filoni-verse. I like because it. Because he and John Favreau together have been the, um, you know, after the after episode seven, eight, and nine, when Kathleen Kennedy caught so much flack and so many people were not happy, they started to rise in ascendance at Disney. And The Mandalorian, that's that was it. That's what proved them. Yeah, that cut the check for me. No, man, I'm going to tell you, yeah, yeah. What else do we see in the show that we're, we haven't talked about? We get to see, we've, obviously, we're seeing a new planet. Um, yes, that was that was cool seeing that, seeing kind of the, the the way the galaxy is right now in that time. You know, ten years from when Anakin became Darth yeah. Vader to now. Yeah, uh, it, that was pretty cool seeing how the galaxy is sitting. Yeah, it's like places kind of still quasi have their independence. But the empire is tightening its hold. Yeah, out into the outer outer galaxy. Outer rim, yeah. yeah outer rim, outer rim. Yeah. Just like that one lady tells Reva, "This is the outer rim. You have no rights here." She cuts off her hand. Right, dude. We have never seen that on. I mean, we've seen people get their hands cut off on Star Wars, but we've never seen a hand hit the ground. Right, and what we did? We did win. No, I mean in this episode. Oh heck, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you something else that I I didn't notice. Until I went back on episode two, you rem you remember when um it kept showing uh, Obi Wan at that factory cutting meat. You know he's living as just a working man. Um, have you ever seen the movie um, Nobody? I don't think so. It's very it has its opening scenes are very much like that. In the film Nobody, the guy who plays um, Saul and ever uh, you know better call Saul. He plays a guy who was a um, an operative, an assassin basically with, for our government, and he starts. He's living a normal life, and it, it just keeps showing him every day, taking out the garbage, jogging, taking out the garbage, jogging, doing boring everyday stuff, 
And, you know, you get that feel with Obi-Wan where he's just like, good. He, he's not living as who he is. Right. He's living as somebody else. And you notice every time at the end of the day, he cuts a piece of meat and puts it in, he's feeding that to that, that animal that he's right. riding. Yeah, yeah, he gets back that. to his cave and he feeds it to him. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that goes to show he still has that honor. Yeah. And it, you know, small details that you, that you see, like uh, when he's in the cave talking to the Jawas. I mean, yeah. little, little funny tidbits. Was it Tikor or Tior or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. That Jawa was hilarious. Absolutely. He's I like, thought so, too. Did you bring so back because you stink? Right. That was great. And then he's trying to sell him his condenser core yes. back that he yes. stole from him. Yes, I loved it. Ewan McGregor with that great Irish way of delivering it, you know, just very, he's like, if you're going to steal my parts and sell them back to me, at least have the courtesy to clean them. Right. You know, I thought that was perfect. Right. I mean, in the clip, you know, he, he's buying a gift for Luke, obviously, a birthday gift. Yes. So yes. That, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm trying to think another another small tidbit that we that I that I noticed that uh, I'm happy to say there's other Jedi still out there. When the Inquisitors yes. first came to Tatooine, they were looking for a different Jedi. They weren't necessarily looking for Obi-Wan. Right. That was cool. I, I like to see that. I, did, I, I actually thought going into this that it's going to be a thing where Obi-Wan's the last one standing. Right. But uh, but you're right. Yeah, that, that was cool. And then you wonder, well, who all else is out there? Right. Well, you've got, you've got other characters that, that are still technically, I guess... If you consider the you know the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett and the time it's set, because it's set after that. That's true. That's so true. you've got Jedi that are still alive and some that don't get caught. That's that's that. Well, you got Ahsoka. Yeah, Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, yeah, Ahsoka Tano. Um, I, I liked how. Um, uh, Does she make an appearance in the show? I have heard that she would. I have heard that. Yeah. Because apparently, and I did not watch the Rebels animated yeah but apparently she is put on trial and framed for a murder of another jedi and the grand inquisitor at the time is a temple guard mm -hmm. and part of the reason he turns to the dark side is he sees the the order's betrayal of ahsoka tana yeah so i feel like there's that connection and she'll have to make an appearance and let me throw this in because i'm having trouble pronouncing i always have trouble pronouncing his name but in the second episode, Camille Nanjani, who's playing the fake the Jedi. The fake Jedi, yeah. I dude, loved it. That was hilarious. God, I loved it. I mean, he's just a scam artist. That's it. Yeah. But he does good at the end. I mean, he helps Obi-Wan, you know, escape. I was so worried he was setting him up, but he's actually, he even put his life on the line with Reva, and she realizes he's a clown. Yeah. Get out of my way. Don't kill him. She does, and I so thought, I, I think he'll be in another episode. No, doubt. I don't think they're done with him. No, he's too. And he, you know, why would you waste someone that big and that good of an actor? And that, it was hilarious. Yes, but yeah, I, I like seeing there's other Jedi out there. Uh, I was going to bring up him as well, man. I'm glad you got to because <laughs> I was going to totally butcher his name. Uh, yeah, man, it was. It's great. I'm looking forward to see where it goes further. Uh, like we talked, we got to speculate, man. You know. Uh, talking about other other spinoffs, possibly you, you've got Yoda out there on Dagobah. You know, I, do it, we see Yoda in this? There, you know, there was talk at one time of Yoda, him having his own series. I think, I'm talking about in Obi Wan. Oh, do, do we see Yoda in Obi Wan? Does it, does Yoda come out of isolation? To me, you, I don't know. To me, you you have to. 
at some point you have to. You yeah, have to. You've got to. Or in the Vader series, possibly. No, there's no doubt he's got to be in it. He's got to be in it. Because, uh, I mean, you can't have the Vader series without Palpatine. To me, you cannot have Palpatine without Yoda. Oh, and you got to think, oh, old guy that plays Palpatine, his name is Jason off the top of your head. Do you know it? Uh, I cannot remember. I, cannot I don't remember. remember his name either, but Palpatine, he's got to be in the Vader series. He's alive currently. Yes. So he's Duke, in his 70s, but he's Duke, alive. Uh, McDermott, is that his name? Yes, yes, uh, yes. You, Edwin McDermott? Edwin McDermott, yes. Do we see him in the Obi-Wan series? You've, he's there. He's the emperor of the galaxy. I, I could see you seeing him in some kind of thing toward the end with Vader. Yeah. Because he's still, we got to remember, uh, he's still molding Vader. He He's still working with him to hunt down the Jedi. So, oh, and you got, and a Vader show could go on for seasons, in my opinion, because you've got a ten year gap, yeah, from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. What if you end up having a Vader series, and then you have uh, a va- kind of a hybrid Vader Obi Wan series, kind of juxtaposing their lives and what they're doing, right, and and, and basically how they're both in their own way are trying to protect. Right, you know, what and what is supported. what is Obi? I mean, obviously, you know, you've skipped ahead ten years. What's Obi Wan been doing on Tatooine for ten years? Cutting meat, I guess. I mean, that's what it looks like. <laughs> He's a butcher now. He's a butcher. You know, and it's funny when um when uh, Leia when they're on, and I keep going back to the second episode, I guess because it was my favorite. Um, it was mine as when well. they're on the planet, and he tells her, "Listen, if anybody asks, I'm your I'm your father," and, and she's more my, like grandfather. More my grandfather. I thought, man, that's awesome. Now, I've got a guy right here who wants to talk. You remember Nick. He's, yeah. He is a bigger Star Wars nerd than if you combine the two of us and our, our, our force abilities. Right. He, would, he, he wants me to call him right now. He wants to talk about what he thinks about Kenobi. Let's put him on. All right. Let me, I am calling Nick. Let's see. He has been talking about Obi-Wan nonstop. Hello? Nick. Hey. hey, bud, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can. I've got you on speakerphone. You might want to speak up a little bit. We're talking about Obi-Wan, and we wanted to gauge your reaction to episode one and two and what you thought about it. Feel free to just go ahead and speak. Nick, welcome to the Ash and Aiken show, by the way. Thank you. Um, so, I've, I've been pumped for it for years. I've been wanting to see something about Obi-Wan ever since episode three finished. Um... I was blown away, honestly. It was, I think it was very well done. I like that we're seeing a new part of Obi-Wan because we've always been used to this charismatic guy that cracks jokes. and But in this, we're seeing more of a sad Obi-Wan. Uh, you can still see he has that fear in his eyes that the Inquisitors are coming after him. All the Jedi are getting taken out. Anyone that survived, that is. And he, he still is sad about, you know, the fall of the Republic, Anakin turning to the dark side. Um, when he, you know, up until this last episode, he thought Anakin was dead. So he still has that in his mind of, you know, my apprentice is dead. And I couldn't keep him from turning to the dark side. Um but overall, it's it's very well done. I enjoy the tone of it. I like that we're getting to see the, the different side of Obi-Wan. 
which he goes by Ben now. And I watched the YouTube video that kind of, you know, it was going over how Obi-Wan is now. And it, it made sense to me. It was, it brought up the fact that Anakin and Vader, even though they are the same person, it's like two sides of a coin. Okay. And Obi-Wan and Ben Kenobi, it's the same exact way. Obi-Wan was always, you know, the guy that cracked jokes and wasn't afraid to jump into a battle like he did with Grievous. He just jumped on in there and, you know, had no fear of it. But now he's kind of hiding and he's just, you can, you can tell he's disheartened by all the things that have transpired. And that's where we're seeing Ben Kenobi. That, that's the side that we're seeing in this. He's on the run, trying not to get found by the Inquisitors. He's trying to stay alive, survive. And I, th- I want to say it was episode one where the, um, the young Jedi found him in the desert. And he brought up the point, he was like, well, what happened to you? And Obi-Wan is just continuously like, hey, you need to just let it go live a normal life and stay safe and when i first saw that i was kind of like uh that doesn't really seem like an obi-wan thing to do you know you would think he would want to rebuild but you know he's kind of got the same thing that luke had in uh episode eight and nine where he was just kind of like i failed my apprentice and he's just disheartened by it all and he thinks well this is the end they're the Jedi are no more. You know, that's a great point. Uh, that is something we have not talked about is the comparison of him at that age to Luke at that age. Absolutely. And how they're both just, they're, they're broken. They're just completely broken. And, um, of course, we know what happens in episode uh, episode four uh, with, when Sir Alec Guinness is playing Obi-Wan. He makes basically the supreme sacrifice to keep to save Luke. And, you know, of course, we see with Luke the sacrifice he makes to keep the rebellion alive and save Leia. So it, it's, it's, you're right. It's very interesting. And Vader, he has that redemption arc where he sacrifices himself to save Luke um, and, and to go more to the, to the side of light. So you got that, uh, that, um, that arc of hope, promise, uh, catastrophe, brokenness, and redemption. Was it what was there anything else you that really stood out to you that you really liked about this? I like how they kind of connected a few things. Um, is in episode four, you have Leia already knowing who Obi Wan Kenobi is, she didn't know him as Ben Kenobi, but Luke only knew him as Ben Kenobi. So I like how they kind of connected how she knew who Obi Wan was, and why Luke doesn't know that that's his name because it's going by Ben Kenobi to everyone. Lord calls him Ben Kenobi, even though... See, that a- that's why we called you, Nick, because you, you got your finger on the pulse when it comes to Star Wars. Um, I hadn't thought about... Had you thought about that? How Leia says Obi-Wan, and he's like, oh, you mean old Ben Kenobi? Yeah, I, I thought about that, too, because if you look at A New Hope, when they're sitting at the table and they're talking uh, with Luke about old Ben Kenobi knowing his father... It, it, it kind of registered to me looking back. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Well, it, was there anything else you noticed? Kind of think. 
kind of refreshing my memory on it. Um, Do you think we're going to see Vader in episode three? Or episode two, I'm sorry. It's episode three. It is episode three? Okay. Do you think we'll see Vader in episode three? I think we're going to get to see some of him. I don't think it's going to be full-blown, you know, Vader in action. I think we'll probably get some hints at him and see him, uh, you know, having conversations with maybe the Inquisitors. Or perhaps Palpatine. Or, yeah, Palpatine. He could be talking to Palpatine. Um, but I don't think it's going to be full-blown. We're going to see him in action yet. Yeah, I think they saved that for, you know, maybe the fifth or sixth episode. Yeah, I think it's going to be towards the end of it that we're actually going to get to see Vader in action. Do you think maybe they use... Uh, a battle between Obi Wan and Vader to fix the uh, the age gap difference when it when it comes to the point of a New Hope, where Alex Guinness is obviously much older looking than what uh, uh, Ewan McGregor is in the series right now. I believe they will. Um, I know. Um, I heard that Ewan McGregor wanted to do a second season of it. So I'm hoping they kind of continue it to get it to match up to episode four, at least. I like it. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I like it. Uh, we're, at, we're at a 10-year gap from when Luke and Leia were born at this point, and we've got about another eight years to cover, so it would make sense possibly for a second season. Yeah, I'll, I think it would. Um, that way they kind of, it's not, you know, 10 years, and then we're just jumping to episode four. Absolutely. Well, Nick, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you coming in here. I know Mr. Esh appreciates it. And um, the uh, probably the next episode, we'll be reviewing it, and we'll be wanting to get in touch with you, bud. All righty. Thanks, Nick. Y'all have a good one. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was good insight, Jason. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Nick took our call. Uh, Came on the show with us. Uh, he's probably very busy doing a lot of different shows because he's so knowledgeable about Star Wars. And to um, get him on our show at, 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 at such a short notice. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's big. It's fantastic. Well, Jason, I think, you know, we've talked pretty much everything we can on the series right now. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've, we've got uh, several things to talk about when it comes to Marvel. Do we need to save that for the next Nerd News? Let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and cut it out because uh, there'll right. be more updates by the time we get to it. Uh, we saw a new trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. Tell me what you thought. Man, amazing. Yes. I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, we've still never sat and watched a Marvel movie together. That's No, we haven't. Believe it or not, we have not. Uh, it's unreal, but uh, the trailer, amazing. Christian Bale is going to take the villain role to a new level. Man. He's good, man. And, you know, and I still, and just like we talked about with the Star Wars fans, some of the Marvel fans reviewing this trailer are just eating it alive because he don't look like Gore the God Butcher. I saw some things like that. They said he looks too much like Christian Bale. Not enough Gore. I didn't see any Christian Bale in him. I didn't either. And I just want to say, you know, folks... Just like we said at the start of the show, man, y'all are spoiled. You're like a bunch of spoiled. Now, I get it, the problems with DC. Sure. And the fans being unhappy, totally get it. I understand. But with Star Wars or Marvel, this is the golden age. 
Yeah, I mean, we're getting the best times of our life. Yes. I mean, me and Jason's a generation that grew up reading the comic books. And, and the movies were horrible. I was giddy as a schoolgirl when, when you know Iron Man came out. Oh, it, yes. And at that time, we didn't know it was going to turn into what it turned into. And we they just knew we were getting an Iron Man movie. They, they, they were gambling. They didn't know if there'd be another one. Right. You know, they basically Marvel was bankrupt. Yeah. You know, Wesley Snipes Blade films got them a little bit of infusion of cash, but they did Iron Man because they couldn't afford to buy the rights to any of their other big characters. That's it. You know, so I mean, dang. And, you know, and even the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk is good, but it is not MCU level. Right. As good as it is. It was good. Now, I've heard some rumors, and I... Not to jump around any from Thor, Love, and Thunder, they are working on a big project for the Hulk right now. They're looking at a three-movie deal oh for my, the Hulk. Oh, my God. I've heard everything, rumors from World War Hulk, Planet Hulk. I've, I've heard rumors a bunch, but I do know the project is being worked on. Wow. They want to give him a three-movie franchise. That's I'm going to tell you, that's... That's funny you should say this because a telltale sign when there's things going on behind the scenes, you've got guys in the industry. You know, we talk a lot about um, Rob from Comics Explained. Shout out to him. We we talk a lot about um, about everything always and the co you know Warren from the Cosmic Window. These guys are are getting their information from Charles Murphy and and uh, My Time to Shine. They're getting it from some great sources, even checking things out on 4chan, which can be sketchy. But whenever you start seeing a lot of different profiles of a particular character just pop up on YouTube, there's something going on because I have noticed that just here lately because I'm looking at YouTube. It's a trend. It's a trend in Hulk. Different versions of Hulk and his storylines has just been more than I'm used to seeing on YouTube. Everywhere. Everywhere. So I think you're right. I think somebody on the inside is leaking slowly that information. Well, they want to get people, some people want to get people excited about it. Yeah. 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 Um, so that that's a big project that's working. And I hate, I'm going to go back to Thor Love and Thunder for a minute. What, what was your thoughts, Jason? I love Gordon, I, I love Christian Bale's Gordon God Butcher. I loved it. I, I love how it shows in the trailer um, how um, obviously he's been going around and, and, and taking out a lot of the different gods, but at the, it shows that he's about to do battle with Thor, and he says, you're not like the other gods I fought. And I thought, that's epic. That is yeah. fantastic. And and then my, my other favorite scene is when they're at, they're at Olympus and they're, you know, you've got kind of the council of the sky fathers, the council of the gods. Cause you see, of course, Zeus bask it has, you just barely see her from the, from the sh standing there. And so that tells you that a lot of these gods have come together. Something's going on. Yeah. And I want to know where that goes. I want to see if maybe we get a glimpse of Hercules. Uh, I'm real curious. I think we have to. How can you not? How can you not? I, I, I watched a video just about Hercules that was put, and it was great. And I had no idea how many times in the comics he and Thor were either allies or fought just to see who the strongest was. Absolutely. And it was just for fun. Just for fun. And it would go one time, I think, no, it was Thor and Zeus fought for a month straight without resting and just basically came to a standstill. Yeah. It's yeah. it's amazing when you when you look back on things like that. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I think this trailer does kind of confirm if you pay attention, you don't see Jane Foster in any of the trailers without the Thor 
armor on. Right, right. I think they are following the storyline where she got cancer. I do too. And it, somehow... I think that something about the ether that entered her body, that, that and, and if you go back to Endgame, when Captain America had to go around putting the stones back, that means he also had to put the ether back in her. That's it. So the, there, I think there's something about that with the that level of energy... Uh, possibly is is caused to cancer. Yeah, and uh, you know I was correct on uh, Mjolnir being the original Mjolnir of uh, six one six. It wasn't a multiversal thing, right? Right. Because it shows a new power Mjolnir has with Jane Foster wielding it. She can throw chunks of the hammer. That's amazing, and it'll come back together. And it comes back together. Yeah, that's it's amazing. That's I, I'll tell you that. And Natalie Portman, you know they've got her in fighting shape. She doesn't look crazy pumped. She doesn't, but she looks like she's ready to go. Um, and, and just the fact that they, you know, it, it take it took a little guts to tackle this storyline because this is, you know, that was a controversial storyline for a while. A lot of Marvel comic readers was like, I don't know about a Lady Thor. I don't like this, but I think it works. Taika Waititi, who directed it, said this is the most insane film I've ever done. It's craziness. I love it. I love it too. I can't. Uh, I'm looking for. When does it release? July the eighth, I believe. Okay. July the eighth. So right. it is uh, just a little bit over a month away. Yeah, not too far. Not too far. Uh, so we also have. We talked about the Hulk for a minute. We have the She-Hulk series that's dropping in August. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to it. Again, you know, you've got them spoiled brats out there that are complaining about the CGI of the movie, but it's the Hulk, folks. Man, if all you got to complain about is CGI, you ain't got nothing to complain about when it comes to Marvel. I think, you know, watching the trailer for it, it's going to be fantastic. I think it is, too. And one thing that, that we're going to get to see, some of my favorite characters in Marvel, as far as street-level villains go, were the Wrecking Crew. That was um, the Absorbing Man, Bulldozer... Um, crusher, uh, crusher, something I forget now. But anyway, one of them had a crowbar, and he yeah. was just, and you know, they were always allied with a, a an enhanced female that, uh, named Titania, and she makes a, a a brief cameo in that trailer, bursting through a wall, and you see a group of people who look like street level criminals, and one's holding a crowbar, and you know that's got to be the wrecking crew. That's it. And man, I'm gonna tell you. Just to see that, that from from the time I, I was a child, thinking they were some of the baddest street-level dudes out there, and now it's going to be on TV. Yeah. And to see Mark Ruffalo, who's one of my favorite actors in Marvel. To, by far played the best Hulk of any of the Hulk movies we've uh, seen. Can you imagine? There's never been a more appropriate the, a Bruce Banner since Bill Bixby was doing it in the series. That's it. Uh, and you know... I like where they're going where he separates himself from the Hulk again. I do too. I do too. Yes. Uh, it, it means we're going to, like I said, we're going we're gonna to see some more Hulk movies. I think that's what She-Hulk may build up to, so we've got that. Right. He's kind of refining the process of going back and forth. Fixing his arm. Fixing his arm. And you got to think at some point, and it happens in the comics, it's going to get beyond his control, and the Savage Hulk is coming back. That's it. Can't wait. Cannot wait. I enjoy the Smart Hulk. But man, and we haven't even seen uh, guys like Joe Fixit, you know the moth, the yeah. gangster Hulk. Yeah. We haven't seen the Maestro, who is an absolutely worse than the Savage Hulk. Yeah, and I don't think we'll ever see that in the MCU. Uh, probably not. It's a little bit too much. 
You're probably right. It's to, just like there are certain characters that are so overpowered. Because the Maestro Hulk, that's years into the future. Yeah, that's that's, that's like a thousand years in the future. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I don't think we'll ever see it. We probably may not. You know, probably not. That would be something for once they run out of good storylines. Okay, yeah. let's let's wing it. Let's try. We're it. gonna go into the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Right. There you go with that. Uh, what else do we got coming up? Uh, we've got a uh, we, we got another season of What If coming out, and Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, and Miss Marvel comes out in two weeks. Yeah, and they they have confirmed that Captain Marvel is going to be in the show. Yes, sir. Uh, Brie La- uh, Larson. Brie Larson. That's right. She's going to be in the show. Uh, I haven't looked a whole lot into that show. Uh, I've I've looked into it a little bit, <clears throat> and, and one thing that they have said is listen. This movie, because of the age of her character, just like the way it's written in the comics, is geared more toward a younger set, you know. But as I was watching the trailer, it kind of had that fun feel to it. It's fast-paced, some really great music. Um, you know, I, I just feel like it's going to be one of those where you, we, we sit back and watch it, and we're like, you know what, this isn't, this isn't Loki. You know, this isn't Endgame, but this is fun. And then it shows, too, she's being pursued at some point by um, an organization. I don't know if that is S.W.O.R.D. or who it is, but I want to know who those people are because yeah. they're well-armed. Yeah, we'll, we'll learn a lot about that coming up. When is, and that releases this year as well. Yes. Uh, it's not too far away, is it? About two weeks. Yeah, two weeks away. So we're going to have Obi-Wan. By the time, Obi-Wan, by the time Obi-Wan's coming to an end, we've got Miss Marvel starting. That's right. And I believe Miss Marvel is going to set up the Marvel's movie. For sure. Sure. Uh, I'd like to see where they go with the movie. That's going to be something. I would too, and, and I'm, you know, and I think you probably feel the same way I do. You know, Captain Marvel and Spectrum, who we saw kind of uh, Maria Monica Rambeau yeah. from from WandaVision. Not the characters that I'm the most interested in, but. If it's done well, it's still Marvel. I like seeing the storylines. I like seeing the storylines and how it ties in. And we've also got Black Panther 2 coming up by the end of the year. I'm glad you said that because I'm going to tell you, man, the rumors that are coming out right now, and I'm I'm pumped about the movie because we're going to see where they go post-Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. We're going to see Namor finally. Um, But there are strong, strong rumors coming out that we're going to get a post-credit scene with Doctor Doom, which means Fantastic Four, which means it's right around the corner. It's got to be. Yeah, you can't separate the two. I wonder if they go with a. I don't know if they go with a CGI Chadwick Boseman for a scene. I have heard, and it's been fairly well backed up that they have refused to do that out of respect for his family. Um, so that it's it's right now it's one it's probably the best kept secret I've ever seen with Marvel. I, no one knows, and there are no leaks. No, as to what is, I've not seen we, anything on it. No, we still other than you know Namor, which we obviously we knew that was coming just from Endgame. Right, right, right. And, and you know it may be that you know however they handle his death, that may be part of the setup. At this time, at this time, there is no Black Panther to protect Wakanda, and Namor is on 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 the advance. And at the end of the film, somebody has to take the mantle. Yeah. And we don't, at this time, we still don't know who that's going to be. That could be the storyline. Who knows? Could be. Could be. Jason, any more nerd news that we're, we're missing? 
Well, for for fans of the show Stranger Things, of which I am one, um, their first episode dropped, I believe, Friday uh, not Thursday. Not I've got to watch. I've still not watched Stranger Things. I'm going to tell you, my man, it was out for three years before I ever watched it, and loved it. It is well done, man. It is so good. It uh, is. So I'll have good. to check it out. Yeah. You know, I've been stuck on Lucifer, man. I told you a couple episodes ago. That, That's right, man. I'm about four seasons in right now. You still liking it, man? It's just you're getting introduced to different characters. Right now, Eva's on Earth. Okay, okay. And she's not a, a good girl. Yeah, yeah. She's a party animal. Okay. She, uh... That's awesome, though. After being married a thousand years to Adam and, uh... She's bored. Right. You know, and that's the thing about it with DC. They've got just as good of characters as Marvel. They're just not being utilized the way Kevin Feige is utilizing characters for the MCU. Exactly, exactly. Maybe that'll change. I hope so. Well, Jason, we'll sign off for Nerd News from now. We'll have another Nerd News episode in a couple weeks. Guys, thanks for listening. Again, a shout-out to Nick Taylor. Thanks for taking our call and uh, sharing your thoughts on the Obi-Wan series. I'll honestly probably watch them again, Jason, before the next episode comes out. That's oh, yeah, I, I'm, I definitely, definitely. Just to see if I missed anything. Right, right. I, I generally like to watch the episode that I previously watched before I watch the new one. Yeah. Guys, we'll see you all next time. <laughs> Adios.